There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Falling Pieces. I'm Steve. A podcast dedicated to the NBC series Debris. I'm Terry. Exclusively on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And today we are recapping Season 1, which I am very hopeful it will actually be a multiple season show. Episode 3, entitled Solar Winds. Wow, that makes it sound so peaceful. <laughs> like, and Not calm. Solar. And- <laughs> well, I mean, just those solar winds. You can have warm, breezy things happening. Nope, nope. <laughs> this one was, I would say, stressful. Almost, like, I'm saying coming close to a horror movie ledge. Because it, it made you feel like you're getting close to it. It's like, oh, is it going to turn? What's going to be? Oh, is it going to turn into this instead? It didn't, but I was still like, oh, I was kind of watching it like I was expecting it to turn into a horror movie. I don't know <laughs> what that says about me, but well, we don't here have time. we are. <laughs> Nothing we haven't said about you behind your back before. Don't worry. Ah, that's good. <laughs> Probably said it to m- about myself, so it's fine. <laughs> so our first little group, where shall the pieces fall today of the debris? Mm. Let's find out. Good question. We have a utility worker talking smack. I loved that back and forth um, <laughs> over the walkie. <laughs> because th- this is the kind of thing that makes it feel like it's real. Come on. You you know you, you would probably do the same thing if your spouse or just significant other was in with somebody else in another car. You guys are going to talk smack to each other. Come on. Sure. I would. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I have. but she ends up seeing this big translucent square panel i wasn't sure if it was a cube at first i thought it was one of those transparent tvs (laughs) it's a big flat screen yeah big flat screen. i think you rewired that tower wrong yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) and i don't know about you guys but as she starts walking up this is where i got the horror movie vibe i'm like don't touch it, stupid. Yes. Like, that's what I got thinking. Yeah, really. Of course, I've said in the past, I'm like, oh, I totally make it through a horror movie. And then there was something weird on my ceiling and I touched it. It was a crazy big moth and scared the hell out of me. I'm like, well, I no longer <laughs> like my chances in a horror movie. <laughs> but I was thinking that that's what this girl's going to do. But instead, she throws a rock. And then all of a sudden, you see all these like shadow people, which is oh. creepy. Yes, yeah. very. Oof. And I had like Silent Hill vibes. Like, what? I was like, oh my God, they're going to come through and get you. 
Yeah. And then they cut away. So I seriously am like, oh no, what happened to her? Did right. she get sucked in? Like, that's all I kept thinking because they never mentioned it again. No, but, you don't see her again. Yeah. Uh, but at the end, at the very end, I mean, she wasn't there. So I'm guessing she didn't get sucked in. But right. smarter than most, she didn't decide to go touch it. Don't go well, poke the bear. When you see those, when you see those hands going up against that, wouldn't you get in that truck and get the hell out of there? <laughs> I, I would. I would too. Some people. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, then the, the next scene that we get, we cut away and we see Craig and Brian because Brian's getting, I don't know, CT scan or EKG. Yeah. I don't know what that is. That's he was a pet scan. Cat scan. Oh, cat scan. Okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. I'm like, there's so many of them that look alike, but apparently getting them checked out since he was cloned. Yeah, make sure he didn't have any residue in his DNA. Ew. I wonder if it would have officially shown if he was the clone. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Very good question. I think Craig just was hoping something was wrong because he just seems so skeevy. Yeah. I don't like him. He gets skeevier uh, in this episode. Oh, my God. Yes, he yeah, does. You yeah. won't jump ahead because I will probably suddenly turn up my speed <laughs> on my talking. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Brian, oh, my God, he was actually doing something that I felt was, I don't want to say noble, but yeah. it was nice. And I'm like, I know we've only had two episodes so far, and I don't really have a lot to you know, judge poor Brian on at this point, but I'm like, why are you trying to be nice all of a sudden and try to get Fanola back home? Hmm? What are you doing? I don't trust you. <laughs> I have trust issues with these shows, guys. <laughs> <laughs> if we ever interview any of them, I'll be like, I don't know if I can trust your character. And it's so bad because he apparently seems like a really nice guy because he's been retweeting us. And, you know, yeah. that's <laughs> great. <laughs> Jonathan! But this is what I kind of found interesting. Brian actually seemed a little suspicious of Craig. Yeah. How all of this is going to affect Finola. And yeah. I'm like, about time. I mean, maybe he's been suspicious all along and it's just been growing. And then this whole thing with Finola has kind of been the tipping point. So this is interesting. I am hoping we'll find some out. And we get to go back to the scene where they had taken a video of the giant flat screen because it disappeared. <laughs> but while Fanola was kind of running through some, I guess, paperwork is the best way to put it, even though there was no paper, it happens to have her watching the video and there was sound that wasn't there when they were on scene. Right. So at first it was just kind of staticky and mm -hmm. different levels. And I'm like, oh, they're recording a podcast in there. I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Because I could have sworn every I heard, podcaster knows about staticky sound. I could have sworn I heard the opening to the fangirl zone. <laughs> Maybe some somewhere in that transmission at a low level. I'd have to go back and watch it again. <laughs> I just thought that was interesting that yeah. we're getting like sounds on the video that you couldn't hear on site, and it kind of was making me think. Okay, what is it like? Do you have to do different? Um, like light spectrums or something, and you're going to suddenly see the square then, which that never really came up through the whole thing. But that's what I was thinking it was going to be. Like maybe the sun was hitting just the right angle and weird. 
I don't know, pollution in the air and it caused it. I, I don't know. I mean, what did you guys think when the square just like, poop, I'm gone? To me, it felt like it was a door that kind of opened and then closed. Yeah. And it was kind of like, okay, this is definitely getting into the Twilight Zone realm here, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that must be why that song's been going through my head. No, no, no. The, now I'm stepping into the Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of thought it was the same thing that it, you know, we, we seem to find out later a little different, but it seemed like, okay, it's a portal, which they later, but it's opening and closing, you know, on its own or something is controlling it. At this point, we don't see any debris around. Right. At this point in the episode. So it's like, okay, so what's the dealio? But yeah, I thought the same thing, Steve. Yeah, now I thought the conversation between Craig and Brian was really very telling. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, he asked about Finola's father and Craig just, you know, he just kind of hesitates like he's not going to tell you the truth and oh yeah. yeah well we're we're going to get the body this afternoon and yeah like yeah, i'm gonna go pick so up true. some lunch meat today yeah yeah, yeah like it's no big deal <laughs> yeah well i'm like i said i don't know if this is basically been six months plus coming because we don't know how long brian's been doing this even though the debris has been falling for six months it doesn't mean that they haven't been like preparing for stuff Right. Yeah, you know, maybe this has been a long time coming. And he's just finally like seeing like okay, something is really sketchy with this guy. <laughs> See, and I thought and and it's suspicious either way you look at it. You still would call it suspicious. I initially thought he's just not trusting Craig. You know what you normally would think of as being suspicious, but I also was thinking afterwards that the suspicious could be why aren't you being more compassionate that this uh, woman needs to get back home? You know, like, why are you being so, like, emotionally and conversationally flatlined? Mm -hmm. and, and that was raising suspicion about why are you behaving like that? But I kind of lean more toward the obvious definition of suspicious, like, this guy's not telling me the truth. Yep. Something, you and know. That look between them, I was like, whoa. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. I do want to say, too, a total side note, when they get on scene to where the debris, non-debris mm -hmm. stuff is, mm -hmm. um, Finola's gun is situated correctly on her right. Uh -huh. And the handle's pointed the right way this time. <laughs> <laughs> they must have so. listened to our podcast. And <laughs> Heard you complain about it and fixed it, Sean. Damn. I help it. That was like not normal. Never saw anybody so fixated on a gun before. <laughs> Hi, have you met me? You have now. Yeah. I get fixated on a little thing. Like uh. no screens in houses in like all of these movies. Makes me crazy. But anyway. Okay. Let's move on. Moving on. Something else. Because she's going to sit there and say, I don't think they had enough bullets in the barrel. <laughs> oh, no, they're usually unlimited. Come on. Yeah. Uh, okay. So as Finola is kind of sitting there going through things, and she plays the video again. 
And this time through, she hears a voice asking if anybody is there. I can see you. And you go, wait a minute. Okay, hold that on was here. Creepy. Yeah. Because yeah. you couldn't hear anything when you were standing in front of it. Though you recorded it and now, and you had static and now you play it again on something else and you hear voices. All right. Very poltergeisty. Yes. Very poltergeisty. They're here. (laughs) And of course, as this happens, the square reappears. Hey. What's up with that? So Fanola. Briefly makes contact with a missing person, a one Nicole Hegman, who's been missing from since 2019. Yo! But she can't see anyone else or where she is. And just like it reappeared, it disappeared again. I've had a few hangovers like that. <laughs> People despair of the hangover. But anyway. Yeah. Yes, and then we get to watch Vanola and Brian watch a lecture by her father about curled-up dimensions and access points. Oh, does this sound fringy? Oh, that yeah. was really interesting. Ooh. Oh, it sure was. Oh, and I was like, I want to know if this is a real theory too. Yeah, it is. Is yep. it? Oh, been around for a while. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. eleven dimensions. Though I'm like. Oh, okay. I've heard as Part many. Of string theory. Yeah, I've heard like a half dozen or more. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say 11. Maybe that's what it's up to now, but I've always heard could be a half dozen or more, which 11 would certainly qualify. But yeah, this this idea has been around for some time now. Of course, seeing her father in this lecture upsets her, so she leaves. Mm. Totally understand that. Even Brian stops the video and lets her try to compose herself. Too much. He looked actually like, oh, concerned, maybe yeah. I should have done it. Yeah, when she wasn't yeah. around here. Yeah. yeah. Although she's the one who brought it up, so I can see him not thinking about it. Right. Very true. And probably thinking if she brought it up, she's okay to watch it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when she leaves, he continues watching. And a map that Brian sees shows 12 access points. One happens to be where Nicole disappeared in Michigan. And one of them is where they are now in Ohio. Isn't that convenient? Of course it is. And of course he goes out and informs Manola that as well. Think of the airfare you could save. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like Star Trek. It is instant transportation. Exactly. (laughs) So, Brian talks to Munns, who says he can try to see what Nicole's experiencing, and asks Brian if he can get her into a heightened emotional state, which seems to increase the signal. (laughs) Now, I do not like this scientist. Oh, no, 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 no. Not at all. No. (laughs) He is definitely uh, one that really doesn't think about other people. You think? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, him coming up with the idea of of trying to get this girl more emotional just to try to strengthen the signal. I mean, he had no clue. 
He had absolutely no idea what this was, how they got in there, how to get them out. And he's just grasping at straws by saying, oh, get her emotional so we might find out something. Really? (laughs) Well, he probably listened to that recording and figured she sounded distressed. So, yeah, it's grasping for straws, but I, you know, I didn't necessarily see that as a huge reach on his part. Uh, If I was grasping for straws, that might be one of the first ones I go for, too, because if you're listening to that, is anybody, she's not standing there going, yeah, I'm here, you there, whatever. (laughs) True. I'm just waiting for a bus, you know. So, yeah, but it, it did seem in a way kind of odd that he came up with that. But like I said, Probably hearing that recording, he probably figured, well, maybe that's a trigger. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. And so they figure the best way to do that is to bring her dad on site. So Uh, see a helicopter uh, come in and poor old uh, dad is just confused as to what is going on. He actually asked them, who are they with? Would you actually just get into a helicopter with some guys? No. I, I'm like, uh, sorry. I've seen a lot of movies. This is how it <laughs> goes down. Yeah. No. I'm like, somebody better tell me who you are. He seemed back pretty, up off my porch. He seemed rather peered when he got off that helicopter. It was like, you know, people come to my house and you know, come with them. And I'd be like, yeah, I'd be pretty upset too. Yeah. And... Basically, they inform him that she is stuck in this square. I thought it was interesting when they're like, have you heard of the Bermuda Triangle? Right. Yeah. The thing I used to be super concerned about as a kid because it seemed to be all over and then it just kind of disappeared. Now I know why. (laughs) Apparently, it's now in Idaho. Yeah. And he tells them a little story about a dream he has of standing out in the parking lot waiting for his daughter to show up, and when she does, they hug. I thought that was so sweet. But it's like, does that take away from our creepy boss guy being creepy (laughs) through this whole episode? Nothing could take away from that. (laughs) No, I think this was really almost the key to the whole storyline, is that he never let go of his daughter, no matter what. He wasn't going to let go of her until they found her dead body. Yep. So, oh, so you think that that was really the connection that was able to to help her yeah. talk? Because they couldn't talk to any of the other people. Right. Absolutely. It was the one thing that not only allowed them to talk to her, but it was also the one thing that kept them both going. Mm-hmm. I could never imagine how hard it would be as a parent to not know what happened. Like your child just disappears. They were there one minute and gone the next. So I can see that not being something you'd ever really like be able to let go. So I I don't know that this is good and heartbreaking, like all at the same time. (laughs) It's like the way they're, they're portraying it here. It's like, Oh, it was great. It was what it was able to bring her to him and keep her kind of aware of everything. But it's like really heartbreaking. But I mean, at this point, we're only supposed to be assuming what two years difference from right? when she so, disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, they are saying it's still like the now, not like way in the future, I'm assuming. So, right. I can still see Which it being is, super fresh. 
not what happened to some of the other people. Oh, God. Right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Maybe that's why we couldn't hear any of them. Right. Oh, Steve. And there weren't think of any, any family nearby that they could get to try, even try to communicate with them. Oh, wow. Now the wheels are turning. <laughs> You're right. This is so fringy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting here with a grin on my face. <laughs> So the dad is kind of upset he's there. Then he's got to go through that they might have information. They tell him what they can after they ask him a bunch of questions. Then they tell him why they're there. And so he approaches the area. I thought it interesting how how quickly they had their big towers set up. Like they had those little ones on the floor for the smaller pieces of uh, debris, even for that one piece in last week's episode in the basement. They didn't have these big towers, and all of a sudden they erected these big towers around the space in this field where the square shows up. I thought that was kind of interesting. They didn't fool around. You know, they they got some resources. <laughs> yes. So he approaches the space of the square, and magically it appears. And uh, Nicole uh, tells them about what happened to her. And... Um, you know, she was in the parking lot, and then all of a sudden, she was just walking around. It was all different. And we later find out, when we get to that section of the episode, why she couldn't see anybody else. Because they had asked her, who are all those other people? She's like, I don't, there's nobody else here. Right. So we kind of see uh, what happens with that. And then she says she's been gone for only a few hours. And Brian is, you know, gobsmacked, like, few hours how's that possible you know what's up with that so uh i immediately thought of time moving at different speeds and different uh dimensions and sure enough that's what got talked about later but uh but at first you're like a few hours wait a minute it's supposed to be 2019 if you weren't paying attention you'd be like why is he asking that right <laughs> you know <laughs> And then her father uh, afterward tells Finola, you know, about the dream in a quiet moment. It's just the two of them, which I thought was nice that he shared that. So then uh, Muntz does say about a time moving at different rates, different dimensions. Anybody seen sci-fi more than a few times? You've heard that before. <laughs> and scientists have said that as well. That's nothing new. And Brian says there's got to be a way to keep the portal open. You know, and, and initially Muntz is like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. And so Brian's like, there's got to be a way. That's why I, I was just like hating that guy more and more. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, you I'm know, like, I'm going to punch you in the face. I'm like, do I not like you because you're up to something or do I not like you because you're a uh, play it by the book, stick in the mud type? Right. You know, because that's why I thought I was kind of getting a little bit irritated. It's like, he's just like a super duper by the book and, you know, uh, Mr. Peabody kind of thing, you know. Like he can't see beyond the immediate. Exactly. There you go. And that's that, then I thought that's probably why. Well, I was wrong about that. Anyway, a little foreshadowing there. So then uh, we go to um, Craig's office. And uh, the CIA, other CIA guy comes in. I think I said on last week's one that they all with the FBI. I, that was a misspeak. Uh, CIA. So he comes in again, and uh, he shows Craig a, a picture of somebody. 
Mm. Who could that be? Well, earlier we saw that Craig had met with uh, a guy from Russia. He meets in the back of a car. Yeah, I'm like, you are a double agent. And, you know, and first he's like getting food from a deli and then he's on the phone that he unwraps. Right. I was like. I thought that was really cool, wasn't it? What was that, Saran? I'm just going to get a deli sandwich that happens to be a secret spy phone. You know, and it's like, (laughs) what is this, a a Saran wrap your phone? Like, I'm waiting for a Weird Al video to start. (laughs) So, uh. He sits in the car, and this guy is apparently a Russian operative. Right. And and Craig's smarmy level went up big time, because he's even saying about, uh, he shows him the video of what he, I don't want to say the U.S., that's how he's presenting it, but what he wants. And then he's saying, I don't know why Russia would be interested in this, and I don't want to know. I was like, oh. Yeah. Whoa, dude. And so they want to do some kind of a trade, and the guy says, uh, next week we'll meet. I guess it's another deli sandwich time. Yep. Just make sure they give you a pickle. I love pickles. So I was uh, going to say, I I almost wanted, even though I really don't like this guy, I wanted him to say when the guy's like, um, I thought we'd meet in the car instead of a restaurant. I yeah. wanted Craig to be like, that's okay. I brought myself breakfast. I was thought he was going to say that. Yes. <laughs> I was like. I'm like, I totally hate him, but I kind of want him to be a smart ass like that right now. Because <laughs> when he started to talk, I thought that's what he was saying. And he said, your your sense of awareness is good or something. But I, when he started talking, I forget how his, his sentence started. I was like, and he was leaning forward. I thought he was going to say that. That's okay. I've brought something for lunch. You know, I was just waiting for him to be this, this smart alecky guy. You know, and he didn't quite go there because he has a couple funny moments in previous episodes with Brian. And I was like, yeah, come on, be fun. Nah, jerk. <laughs> so uh, so now they're going to d- decide the Russian people are going to decide if they want to do this trade. So now the CIA guy shows him a picture of this Russian and saying that it's bad news that he's in the U.S. Oh, I was like, is he going to get caught? Yes. Uh, <laughs> and. uh and so they get done their meeting, and I'll keep you updated, and you keep me updated, yada, yada, yada. Out goes the higher up. And Craig is now, for the first time, looking quite concerned. Yes. Which I enjoyed. Yeah, <laughs> but it was also curious that he had gotten a call from his wife. That was weird. And apparently he's got a child with disability. Yep. And a daughter, and the daughter hadn't made it home, and the wife needed to go to work or something, and mm-hmm. he was going to have to leave the office. Until and he was going to do it, which yeah. actually was surprising, because yeah. I honestly thought he was going to be like, I'm working, you know, call a neighbor or something. Right. Yeah, no. No, I'm that could have, knowing this guy, at least the way he we've seen him act, that could have been either just to keep her quiet. Uh, it could have been that's the one thing, family life, that he's actually faithful towards. Uh, or it could have been, uh, I got to keep up a front because if I get a divorce, you know, uh, not that they're going to fire me from the CIA, but it's just going to look bad kind of thing. You know, it's part, that's a shame you're going through it. And sometimes when you're in a high sensitive position, you know, that that kind of stuff can look sus- a little bit suspicious. Like, 
is everything okay and it's not going to spill over into what you do? You know, are you sure you're okay? You know, kind of a thing. So it could have been any one of those. I actually think, I actually want to give him credit as much as I don't like him. I think that's the one thing he actually has a sense of loyalty towards. And could that go as far as selling pieces to the Russians for money to take care of his son? To his son, yeah. Oh, see, I didn't think about that. Little right. Walter White there. Yes. You know, <laughs> a little Walter White. You know, I've got this big thing hanging over me, so let me do something to take care of my family. Yep. Yep, that could be it. I hadn't thought of that. But that's, ooh. Steve needs to be a script writer. That's all there is to it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I actually enjoyed Craig being concerned about um, uh, this uh, Russian has now been spotted in the U.S. Um I didn't check the credits, just real quick. I I kind of thought, and it's been several years since, so it might have been him. I kind of thought the guy playing the Russian operative, um, if anybody remembers the not-that-great sequel to Saturday Night Fever, Staying Alive, there's a guy in there who is the director of this musical that John Travolta's Tony is you know, in, and he's kind of a, a hard nose, you know, really you know, kicks your butt kind of a director. And it it kind of looked like it might have been the same guy. I didn't check the name, but if anybody knows, right in. Let me know. I, I remember goofy stuff like that. So now the team goes to a different location than that area where the flat screen TV is. And at this other location, a little bit distanced away, they find a large piece of debris and a truck backed up right in front of it. How did nobody notice that truck? Yeah. That's I mean, is there a road somewhere that they missed? I mean, that was a lot of trees, but yes. still. And it looked like a nice little open space there that the truck was backed up in front of it. Like, even if that wasn't there, that was caused by the debris. Nobody, satellites didn't pick that up? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> What's up with that? Yeah. And here's where you get the feeling that yeah, maybe months is the mole inside their little group that is mm -hmm. letting the bad guys know where th stuff is. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't think of that. Mm -hmm. Well, he kind of tips his hand to that, um, you know, when they talk about the uh, the piece of debris. We haven't got there yet, but yeah, it, that kind of tipped the whole hand. Uh, to what Steve just said. Um, so anyway, uh, while they're there, Craig is guessing as he kind of peeks into the, um, the, uh, the, the truck that it must be in flux. Turns out he's right. They're hiding just a little bit ways in behind some trees and they've got somebody interesting with them. I had to pause and rewind three <laughs> times to verify it. It's Craig. I'm like, no, yeah. no. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm like, wait, how do you get to Langley over to Idaho? He flies. Like, well, I know they fly. Could it, it be, mean? Could it be a clone? Shut up. Or could it be the device he was playing with at the end of the episode? Yeah, don't forget they all have those little pills or whatever they take to blip out. Oh. So maybe that's how he got there, or it could be a clone. I kind of think he blipped there and blipped out. That's, to me, that makes more sense. 
or blipped out, I should say, because they probably arrived in the in the truck. But um, uh, yeah, you know, I loved how he said it, first or second episode, oh, first episode. Well, whatever it is, they have something we we want, you know, like real ambiguous. Like I don't know what it is. Yeah, you do. Yeah, <laughs> that floored me when they took that shot of the one guy we'd seen before, and then they shot past him at the other tree, and I was like. No way! <laughs> Holy moly! And uh, so when the team approaches up to the trees where Influx members were standing, they're gone. Of course they are. Sneaky little rascals. They took their little teleport pills. Yeah, I want some of them. Oh, yeah. I like that. My, I'd be afraid I'd end up in a damn pillar underneath yeah. the brick. <laughs> That would be my luck. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they're gone. Hmm. I'm not liking these guys. I'm really not liking RCA boss man. <laughs> we finally get the pieces because we have a techie guy who says, hey, there's a piece of debris over here, too, by hmm. the way. Hmm. But this piece of debris is showing us the square, but from a greater dis- distance. And, hey, it's functioning. And I love it how Fanola's like, we have to use this to try to, you know, Get bring the these out. people out. Yes. Yeah. And we have, uh, what's his name? Munch? Munch. Munch. Yeah. Yep. But Munch. Yeah. Who's like, <laughs> uh, this could be used for interdimensional travel and blah, blah, blah. And she's, I love it. Like those two going back and forth. And for some reason, and it could be from the past. See, even the pod dog doesn't pod, like. Yeah, even Nick's, yeah. Wow. Uh, he looks at Brian like Brian's going to be like. Backing you up. Know, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know, he's right. We should use this. And Brian's just like, mm, I'm not crossing her right now. I got other stuff I'm holding back from her. I'm not about to be, you know, your fall guy too. But that's where he tips his hand. Yep. When he starts saying, no, we have to get it back to orbital right away, that's where he tips his hand. See, I wasn't thinking of it. I thought it was just like super, like you said earlier, by the book. And Yeah, no, that to we me is where it is. Yeah, ah. that, that's what I thought up until that point right there where he's like, he's disagreeing with her, you know, and she's, and which her argument made sense. That's why they came there to investigate the square. And they know that this girl that's been missing for a couple of years is inside of it. That's why they're there. Right. You know, and then he's saying no. And I thought, well, and he's like, he wants to study. He's like, oh, we got to get it back to orbital right now. And I'm like, no, nah, you just gave yourself away right there. Yep. So. Yeah. You guys were on a whole different train than I was. Mm-hmm. I did not even think about that. I was, like I said, I thought he was just by the book. Our boss says it has to go back. We can't try to use it. You know, it's <laughs> like, thing. but yet when they're like, well, why don't we bring it closer and maybe it'll help and we can pull the people out. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, that could work. So now we have the first in the uh, just the third episode that the debris doesn't necessarily have to be nearby for whatever kind of anomaly is taking place. Right. So this Great. is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are we lucky? Yeah. Are we lucky? <laughs> like three states away and something big's gonna happen we're gonna be super <laughs> later but hey we bring it close i love how they just happen to have like these cranes and shit but anyway oh, yeah, so everybody. they 
They had to Sorry. with those big towers. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But hey, they bring it closer and it's working and the flat panel, I love we're just calling our TV, is turning <laughs> slightly and we can see everybody, but then we start to see them separately, which was weird. And it was like they were in separate rooms. That's why right. she couldn't see them. Yep. That's why she everybody was in their own compartment. Yep. And I thought that was really cool how they That had was that. neat. That yes. was neat. And of course it's like, well, what can we do? And you see the girl like touch the edge, I guess, but still nothing's happening. And then everything starts to fade and kind of like go wonky. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, Fanola, I am so glad that somebody there is thinking, and if she's not one of the super techie scientists, but they should have been on the ball here, too. I'm just saying. Like, she goes, wait, wait, wait. The other guy said that pieces were kind of like transport, and Brian said it was like GPS. And, well, what if we use the other piece of debris that doesn't have any power? Maybe that'll help pull them all out. So they shove it into it. It's like, okay, I guess the follow-up. See, and that's something I wouldn't have thought of. See, like months coming up with heighten her emotions to try to boost the signal, because that's when the square appears. That, to me, made some sense. Her, because uh, he, he comes up on it, and he say, or one of the other team comes up on it and says, this piece is dead. It, that's how they call it, dead. It's not working. Yeah, and so readings. Yeah, so it's like you know, I wouldn't have even thought to bring it, or I would just figure, well, this is another piece to collect, you know, because we're examining it. But she decides, yeah, if it's for transport, bring it over too. Yeah, it might pry the door open so she can get out. That could be the wedge you need. There you go. Exactly. I thought that was interesting because they put put that piece in. And yeah, the other half like disappears. You're not seeing it any anymore. And then Nicole is able to get out. And they're like so focused on her. I'm kind of like, you know, there was other people in there, yes. right? <laughs> yeah. But when they cut back to the field, oh my god, that was crazy. Because you see, I think I counted eight. So there wasn't like the eleven they That's were talking. What I counted, yeah. But. They all think it is whatever current year that they disappeared. Because yep. we had, what, 89, 76? Yeah. <laughs> Although but, the one from 76, I'm like, shouldn't you be wearing, like, not so modern clothes? But uh, He was uh, a trendsetter. Yeah. Maybe. Because <laughs> I'm like, I, I know pictures from when I was little, and nobody looked that fly. That's all I'm saying. Close encounters of the third kind much? Yeah. And I thought the... The part where they're flipping through and seeing all the different people, that sure reminded me of Walter's window. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was just awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You wanted to see Walter White, or not Walter White. (laughs) (laughs) Walter White. That would be interesting. Yes. (laughs) Like, he's just in one of the windows really quick. Like, wait, what? (laughs) Say my name, Walter yes. White. You're damn right. <laughs> I was wrong. wrong, Walter. Sorry. That was weird. Yeah. Excellent. Let's make some LSD. Yes. <laughs> uh, we do get to finally have the reunion. Of course, yeah, Nicole's nice. on one side of a barrier still being tested, but her dad's like, but I can see her and I know she'll be coming home now. 
But when Nicole explains what was getting her through those few hours that she was in there, which was several years, but, and it was like a dream. And even Brian had to like perk up like, oh, wait, that's exactly what he said to us. Right. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. Now you're Almost word listen. for word. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is why he kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. ears perked up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we get to go back to the CIA hangar. And Craig throwing a metal chair and another one just sliding into view. It's like, then we pull out, we see he's like throwing it at a piece of debris and it's coming through another one. I kind of wanted him to start throwing a ball. Like I wanted the poltergeist thing. (laughs) I first thought he was throwing crap in his office because he was PO'd that they knew that the Russian guy was there. Right. And he was (laughs) afraid. Yeah, that's what I was like. Oh my God. He's like tearing up his office because they had like a real farce wide shot, you know, initially. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's going nuts and he's throwing crap all over his office. (laughs) And then he's practicing his bowling game with a metal chair. Right. And uh, that was neat. thinking the way the chair is coming in, it's like, is that the original chair? Right. Hmm, Maybe you need to have it tested. Just saying. It's a cloned chair. But the next part was really interesting. He gets a phone call or a video chat, however he wants to look at it. About George Jones' body, and that is not his body in the grave. Uh Uh-oh. And here, look at this security footage, where we see Finola sitting with the body and taking the watch. And when she walks away, like, I didn't even catch it. He's like, wait, we lose, what, 24 minutes? minutes, yep. And he goes, and the guy's like, yeah, 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 but keep watching. And then as the body's being put into... I don't know, cold storage. Yeah, I guess. Like the arm falls out. How, you know, really? (laughs) Yes, thank you. And the watch is there. And I'm like, wait a second. That's not his body. They must not have noticed the watch missing. Mm. So is it a clone? Is it some weird, I don't know, like they stopped his heart. But I mean, she was there for a long time. Right. Which does. And I read a lot of weird sci-fi. So it's like, is this or. Just like horror fiction, too. But it's like, is this some weird, yeah, medicine? Is it witchcraft? What is happening? Right. It's I, the drug I, that caused his heart to be unnoticeable for hours. Because they said he was washed up. So apparently he committed suicide by jumping off a bridge into a lake or something. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm siding with clone simply because maybe those 24 minutes that were missing was something with the debris messing up the signal. Uh, and then, you know, what they view, it just blips 24 minutes ahead with the clock. And whatever the debris did to clone took place. Oh, and, uh, okay. You know, that... Uh, right. It could but be to me, influx it was, doing it. Or influx, you know, shutting off the camera. Right. The with clock tech was and, doing the, and using the tech to... Bringing back to life or cloning one or the other. Yeah, the, the the internal clock would still run. You're just shutting off the camera part. Right. So that's where your 24 minutes lost would come from. So it could be that or, you know, it, but I, I'm leaning towards clone, whether it's the debris or influx or influx using some debris, you know, whatever it is. It, it just seems to me, why go through the trouble if nobody else were assuming? And that's a big assumption. Nobody else noticed her taking the watch before. Right. To go and put the watch, put another one that looks just like it back on the wrist. Right. Why would you go through that little minutia? You wouldn't, you wouldn't do it. No. 
uh, in last week's episode where Brian picked that picture up out of the clone's pocket and seemed to know which pocket to go to. Right. The cloning would also clone the watch as well. If it clones the picture, yep. it's going to mm, clone a watch. Good. So, good fun. <laughs> that was good, though. I like that. It was interesting. And yeah. I really yeah, want to see how this is going. Like, where we go from here? Right. <laughs> this was a good episode. I like this. Yes, absolutely. Was I will say. Oh, go ahead. Well, it was definitely one that would pull at your heart a little bit because of oh, the sure. father-daughter situation. So emotional, to uh, say the least. Yes, I will say a lot of people on Twitter, um, of course, a, a lot of people like this. And a lot of people are worried to get too invested, though, because the way everything's been canceled lately. Right. So yeah. come on, NBC. Just tell us it's going to go for season two already. <laughs> Yeah, I know we're only three episodes in. <laughs> Give us Jeez. season two, and I have a feeling that a lot more people will be like, "Okay, I can relax and watch this and actually get into it." Yeah, enjoy it. Yeah. I think if this was on Fox, or, <laughs> I don't want to talk about Fox canceling or, shows or CW, you know, or oh, something like forever, you know, or something like that. I think we'd have a better crack at it. Being this is one of the three majors. Um, you know, they're going to be a little more, you know, what do the ratings say? Hmm. What kind of advertising money are we, you know, they're going to be a little more, you know, stomping the foot about this. So that's right. why I'm, I'm hoping, but you know, that I like the fact that we're getting it on NBC. We get to watch it on Peacock. It is like, showing now on sci-fi. sci-fi. Yep. They showed the oh, it is? two episodes yes. after this, ep- after oh. episode two. I hadn't of, heard that. Uh, no, it was after the Resident Alien episode on Wednesday night. They showed episodes one and two of Debris yeah. right afterwards. Oh, no kidding. Oh, yep. cool. Well, so sci-fi we is part of it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we do have a pretty big spectrum that we're able to watch it. And they might be showing on USA for all I know, too, because that's part of the network, too. Yep. But NBC is going to be more worried about the ratings it gets on its network stations. You know, it can rerun on its affiliates, but it, it's more worried about its NBC locals, you know, what kind of ratings they're going to get. Because if you're if you're showing something second run technically on Sci-Fi or another channel, yeah, you're going to get some ratings for it, obviously. But I think they're going to be more concerned, you know, about what they get. But like Steve said at the opening of our podcast, you know, the ratings are all over the place and they're practically useless anymore. Yeah. Or but at least I didn't the know ones this was that a are being reported now. There are, oh, I'm the sure there's thing. some that aren't that the executives get to see, but we don't, the that hasn't that slipped see, yeah. out yet. <laughs> I just don't know if this was a way for them to slide it over to one of their other, right. their other affiliates. But. That was my first thought was, uh-oh, this is coming to sci-fi. That's Which isn't bad, because yeah. I feel like it fits thinking, on sci-fi. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we but. also know... What they've done to other good shows on Sunday. <laughs> That's nature TV anymore. Yep. Yeah. Uh, getting back to the show more specifically here as we are winding this down, I did have one, not complaint, but concern that I have about the show. Uh, it seems like this is like the third show in a row now that grief of some nature 
if not over a dead person, is the theme that's making the debris do whatever it's doing. Right. It seems to feed on emotions. Griefs of emotions, but it's just you've got three things that are grief. Now, the only thing that was different was the the energy for the, the flat screen coming in and out based on the girl's emotional state. Right. Which wasn't grief. It was fear or or worry that kind of a thing so that was that piece was a little different but the overarching thing that once they brought the dad in and he was filling in his piece of the story um is is a grief of kind you know where his ch- you know because grief doesn't have to be when someone dies of course no but you know that and i don't want it to be where all of season one the debris feeds off of grief and then if we get season two, the debris feeds off of anger. And if we get season three, the de- I don't want an entire season where the debris feeds off one kind of an emotion. Right. Because that's just going to get too much. That would be weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's my only thing because I was watching this and I was like, so you're still when the, by the time the father got up on the in, into the picture, I thought, so you're still having the debris kick in based on a form of grief. Well, this hasn't happened twice before, has it? <laughs> so that's my only, like I said, it's not a complaint, it's just a concern. I would like to see the debris feeding off of other things. Right. Well, this episode really wasn't about the debris, it was about the that parallel dimension. Oh, and yeah. It, you know, it, we just happened to have the debris help us solve getting them out. Yep. Exactly. And making it visible from time to time. And it also started to lay down some of the foundation on why Craig is being such a, a, a Right, ski. yes. <laughs> you know, oh, first, we ju- first we just thought it was, you know, building, rebuilding the spacecraft. And they're keeping it hush-hush. And I could see that, like, on a need-to-know basis. Like, he wouldn't tell Brian, because Brian's out in the field. Right. And, you know, and they're reconstructing it, you know, at some sort of headquarters that has a hangar. So I could kind of see that. But uh, this whole thing with the Russians and I, I don't know why you want it. I don't need to know. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So now they're starting to build that foundation, too, which is as much as I can't stand Craig, uh, that has some real good potential to it. So, yep. Kick up the smarm. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts, Sean? Uh, no, I'm on. I'm like all in though for this ride. Right, absolutely. <laughs> so that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, right. I don't know what's going to come. So, well, you know how we feel about the episode, and we want to know how you feel about it. So shoot us an email at contact us at fangirlzone.com because we'd love to hear from you. And while you're at it, please rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice as good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends about the show, and we do hope you're enjoying our podcast. For this episode of Falling Skies, I'm Steve. I'm Sean Fangirless. And I'm Terry. Anybody seen my watch? <laughs> <laughs>